Hello, friends, and welcome to Mendu Disney, episode 126, Reopening. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing tonight? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Let's do Disney. I'm excited. Disney's reopening. How exciting is that? I, I don't think you're going to be real excited when you hear a lot of this information that's come out, but we'll see. Um, so we are going to talk about uh, talk about all the news that's come out regarding reopening tonight. There's a lot of information here. A lot of this is really subject to change. Uh, you know, I, I, I started doing an outline for this on Wednesday, and I realized by the weekend... Most of this information is going to be out of date. So when this episode comes out on Tuesday, it may be out of date again. We'll, uh, we'll update as necessary. Now, there is one piece of news I want to hit before we start talking about that. And that is that the, uh, the NBA is, I believe, voting in the next day or so regarding continuing their season. I think they're just going to do a, a, a playoff down in Orlando. I'm not real pleased about this because it takes hotel capacity. I get the hotel capacity, but Disney is probably one of the only places in the in the United States that could actually accommodate this. If you think about all the college basketball tournaments that are that well, there's at least one every year in in Walt Disney World's Wild World of Sports, which is a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite tournaments to watch each year. For me, I'm just happy the sports are coming back, and also I'm excited that they're trying to rig this so Zion Williamson is allowed to play in the in the playoffs, even though his team is outside of the playoffs right now. So I'm excited for that. And like to what Pete's alluding to, they're talking about having as many as 20 teams, 22 teams, 24 teams in the playoffs this year because of the way the regular season ended. So if they have it at Disney, I mean, I'll be watching. But I, I understand Pete's standpoint where it's going to you know, take up room. And, and, that, and that may be why, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that may be why the, the hotels have not announced an opening date yet. Yeah, I do think that's uh, peculiar to be a few days removed from their initial announcement and still waiting for what the regular Disney resorts are going to do. Uh, we obviously are going to talk about that uh, in the DVC resorts and, and things of that nature, but yeah, it is interesting. All right, so just do want to take this time and plug our Patreon again, patreon.com slash WDW. This is the first month that we will have four episodes and again, hope to get into the parks and uh, and provide some additional content once the parks reopen. So guys, I want to share a quick review that we got from our Patreon. And guys, we love when you reach out to us. We love hearing from you. And this is from Jimmy M. I'm not going to say his last name, but he said, I found your guys' podcast. I didn't think there were many other guys like me out there. Patreon is 100% worth it. I'm listening to you guys every day in and out of work. And my kids love the normal podcasts you guys have and ask me every day if there's a new podcast out. Keep it coming. Hope to run to you guys one day at Epcot. And honestly, Jimmy, thank you so much for this review. We really do hope that we can catch up with you when times get normal. And um, we appreciate your children loving the podcast because, you know, we all started as kids as well. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for that re- that review. Thank you for reaching out to us. And, um, you know, we're happy to do the Patreon. Like, like Pete said, four times a month extra for Patreon. That's just more times we get to talk about Disney, and we love it. And I, and I think Jimmy uh, did a good job you know, capturing what we're trying to accomplish. Our, our Patreon is more adult-centric, and you know, he, he references kids do like the weekly show that we put out 
Um, but the Patreon definitely does apply if you're, um, a, you know, an adult that likes to do Disney and sometimes even, even take an adult only Disney trip. So. All right. Well, I think everything else that we're going to cover is going to be news. So we will get to that shortly. Uh, for now, we'll pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Disney's reopening plans. So a little bit of background on the 27th, Disney submitted their plans to the Orange County Economic Recovery Task Force. Just received final approval on the 29th to reopen. So here it is. July 11th, Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom will reopen. July 15th, Epcot and Hollywood Studios will reopen. Uh, DVC properties will begin opening on June 22nd. And those are on-site DVC properties. Off-site DVC properties will begin opening June 15th, and that's Vero Beach and Hilton Head. Disney Springs obviously has begun reopening already. And and just a couple of changes. Epcot World Showcase is going to be staffed with regular cast members instead of the cultural representatives that we've all come to know and love upon reopening. Obviously, Disney canceled the cultural representative program back in April and they're not going to have time to get people in. And then finally, as we said, no announcement when the rest of the Disney hotels are going to be reopening. I think a lot of people initially assumed July 11th, but no no date as of yet. You know, Pete, I, I actually had assumed slightly before the parks. So, you know, maybe even like a July 5th, July 8th time frame to allow folks to get down there. But and I want to make note, we're recording this on May 31st, this release on Tuesday, what, June 2nd, right? So, as Pete mentioned, things could change. But as of as of uh, time of recording, this is kind of the hand we're being dealt. You know, Pete, I know you have a trip in December that will be on a in a DVC resort. But we were talking about a trip in September that would not be. Certainly, the, the resorts will be open by then. But I have, you know, it's really to remain to be seen for what that's going to look like uh, as it relates to the world showcase staffing. That was an announcement that came out today, I believe, or yesterday. My days are kind of getting fuzzy, but if the option on the table was either they don't open the world showcase or it has to be normal Disney cast members, I, w- I would have picked normal Disney cast members because Epcot can't afford to have the world showcase closed with all the construction there that's going on there right now. And this was a big deal because they, they did have to, to, 
you know, have some kind of agreement with the union because there is an agreement in place that World Showcase can't be run by cast members. So this this kind of shows the cooperation and, and, and really how eager Disney is to get back open and get everybody back to work. So one other thing I do want to say about this, and this is taken directly from Disney's website. This is really going to set the tone for the whole episode. And I'm just going to read this verbatim. Upon reopening, theme parks, Disney resort hotels, restaurants, and other offerings may be modified, limited to capacity, and subject to availability or closure. That's a that's a big, broad statement right there. That says, guess what? By coming down here, you take the risk that nothing's open, maybe open at half capacity. Who knows? But I do think with an organization, a company as large as Disney, and especially in the Walt Disney World property, they have to be very responsive and able to respond quickly to any kind of issue that might arise. So I do think that, you know, we talked about this before and we said, you know, if you have to sign like a waiver to go to Walt Disney World, would you still do it during these times? And I think all three of us agreed, yeah, we 100% would. So I think this is, you know, while unfortunate, something that we kind of should have expected. So when you talk about a waiver, I mean, there is a waiver. I mean, it's it's a waiver. Pops up when you get on Disney's website, when you open the My Disney Experience app, basically saying that, hey, there's this disease and we're not responsible if you get it when you're down here. Now, if if that is enforceable, if if you are entering in some kind of contract, you know, all that is, is left to be debated. There's still like a Big question out there on the legality of these. I mean, there's there's a ton of lawsuits, people suing their employers, you know, getting this. There has there's as far as I know, there's there's been no rulings yet. But uh, so this this remains to be litigated, which is going to be really interesting to see how Disney plays this whole thing out. And I can't wait for the stories we're going to get, you know, after July 11th and going into August and going into September. And then even Pete, you know, your trip in December. I mean, you, you're probably keeping a really close eye on this. And Tom, too, because I think Tom plans on multiple trips, you know, with he and his wife, as long as they're still annual pass holders. So, you know, just figure out what, what you're agreeing to before you go, I guess. So these updates that, they've, that they're putting into place, three major things that, that they're trying to promote here. One is cleanliness. The, the parks are going to be different in the amount of interaction you can, you can have with people. So, you know, what I would anticipate from this is, is there's going to be a lot more sanitation of ride vehicles, of surfaces, of tables, all that kind of stuff is going to be basically kicked into overdrive. Now, what does that mean for, say, a ride like Space Mountain, where you've got you've got a line, you've got people waiting hours to get on this? Are they going to stop the ride after every uh, every guest gets off and, and and wipe it down and sanitize it? Who knows? I mean, it, based on the standards that are in place, they're going to have to. I have no idea what this is going to look like. Um, we've brainstormed and talked out loud on past episodes. I, They're going to have to do something where they wipe down the ride vehicles, you would imagine, but I don't know how, what that's going to do. Well, beyond that, just, I mean, Space Mountain, but also Splash Mountain. I mean, you know, if you're going to try and keep six feet, like they're talking about in the queues, and you're going to have how many people on a ride at a time? Like, are there going to be two people on Space Mountain when it goes through? I mean, that's kind of easier to sanitize. But, I mean, think about Splash Mountain. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the physical distancing aspect in, in a minute. But but just from a cleanliness standpoint, every every ride is going to have to be sanitized in between every guest based on the standards that are in place. Every ride, every vehicle. Not, not even just ride vehicles. You're, you're talking benches, tables, seats, 
you know, handrails. I, I think too about di- this the stores at Disney. I mean, I'm probably bad about touching, you know, this shirt and this shirt, and I I have no idea how you manage it because as we've seen at Disney Springs, uh, especially around the world of Disney, people, I mean, people are going to continue to, in some cases, shop like they normally would have prior to all of this. And while that's if you're comfortable doing that, that's you know certainly. Uh, your decision, but there are other people there that aren't comfortable with people doing that. So getting into the physical distancing, I mean, obviously we're looking at that with reduced capacity in the parks and nobody, nobody really knows what that number is going to be, but there will be limited capacity in the parks. So physical distancing, I mean, looking at Tokyo Disney, or I'm sorry, at Shanghai Disney, which is, which is already reopened. They're going to have markings in all the queues where guests stand, you know, parties are six feet apart. I see them you know, going back to that Space Mountain example, yeah, I see them leaving every, every, you know, having a guest, two empty seats, and then another guest. So I mean, you're talking four people in a in a car on Space Mountain. Same with same with the Splash Mountain. I mean, every ride is going to have reduced capacity because of the physical distancing requirements. Now, does that mean that wait times are longer or shorter? Who knows? It's a function of what the capacity of of the parks is. It's also going to be a function of no fast pass because I, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I think that that's going to be something else that is eliminated during this. Yeah. It's, I don't know. There, there's a ton that's running through my, running through my mind here. You know, I, I think physical distancing is going to be challenging in the queues and I, we're going to talk about it later, but I do think you, you see something of a sort of a think rise of resistance boarding groups uh, to limit the amount of folks coming in. Because if they can keep the queue open, you know, I, I've done the experience with with Rise of Resistance and the, the queue is wide open, obviously, because only a limited number of people get to go through for each reservation time. So I, it's but it's just going to it's going to be Disney World is a different beast than any of the other Disney parks. So all of these measures that we've seen successful uh, in other Disney World parks around the world and in, in Disney Springs to a lesser to a degree, it's going to be more challenging in Disney World. I mean, think about some of the areas. You know, I always talk about the bottleneck between Fantasyland and Haunted Mansion. That's a tight area, and I you just, you're going to have to like you're going to have to have stuff in the parks where you can only go this direction. You know, you have to walk on this side of the road. Do you get to a Do you get to something like in the grocery stores where it's where it's one way aisles? You're going to have I mean, to. I, and how are you, how are you going to enforce that at Disney World? I just I don't. Who knows? We'll see. Finally on here, reduce contact. Obviously, Disney's going to encourage the use of uh, mobile ordering, you know, not having people stand in line. Uh, they're, they're going to encourage the use of, of contactless payment, so payment via Apple Pay, that, that sort of thing. I've also read that when uh, table service restaurants reopen, that they're not going to have menus anymore. Instead, they're going to have a barcode that you can scan to view the menu on your, uh, on your phone. So I've I've dined at uh, we've only I guess dined at two restaurants and obviously all the menus were throwaway menus you know it was a paper menu that that they were going to throw away I don't hate well one selfishly I feel like there's so many people who didn't know about mobile ordering that this will make the mobile order lines longer but I don't hate I don't hate if Disney were to go to a menu on your phone and so many people are looking at their phone anyway I do think that creates a you know, thinking from a family standpoint, an opportunity for everyone to get on their phone and not enjoy Disney. You know, they're just looking at their phone. Now that already happens a lot at Disney anyway, but 
know, this is just another avenue where people have a reason to be on their cell phone. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about how you're going to get in. So initially, no date has been announced for when this is going to end. No, no telling. This could last for the next year. It could last for the next three months. It's, it's really a function of how quickly Disney is able to increase capacity. But there will be a park reservation system. In order to get into a park, you will be required to have both a, a valid admission and a park reservation for that specific park for that specific day. So right now, Disney has completely paused new ticket sales. Uh, and, and they're going to be reaching out to existing ticket holders and annual pass holders who are going to be able to make reservations in phases before any new tickets are sold. Now, I, I did see a tweet that, that was confirmed saying that during some days it's going to be difficult for annual pass holders to get reservations and that annual pass holders are going to be limited to a total, some total of reservation days. No telling. I mean, is that is that five days that they're limited to? Is that 10 days? No official announcement has been made about that yet, but there will be some limitation on how many day, reservations they can hold at once. So I will tell you, as an annual pass holder now, there have been times where I've had like, you know, multiple trips planned within a 60-day window, and I've not been able to get additional fast passes. I've reached the total day limit of fast passes allowed. You know, I think when I was going for a week and then I had another trip in January for four days, it was, I don't know if it was 10 or 13 days or something like that. But I just, I just don't see, I mean, we talked about this already. What are, well, how are you going to manage the local, local folks down in Orlando and how are you going to manage annual pass holders? And I just see PR nightmare written all over this. If Disney's going to say, we're going to d- reduce a day from your annual pass, but you're actually not allowed in the park today. Yeah, I mean that's and that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to say, okay, annual pass holders, here's your email. You can go ahead and you can reserve ten days. Pick pick what park you want to go on what day, and after that, you know we'll we'll reach out to you if there's any more availability. I can totally see them doing that. That just seems. I mean, it's it's you know, not a big deal in the grand scheme of life, right? More important things, but that does just seem kind of cruddy. If, if you're, if I'm thinking more from the local standpoint, if you wanted to go over to Disney world for an evening because you want to on a Friday night and they say, Nope, but that day is then reduced, you know, counted off your annual pass that I don't know. I, oh, I, I agree. I agree. And there's, there's going to be some, again, I think there's going to be litigation about this because you're selling me a service and, I can't and, use. Like I, yeah, and and ultimately Disney's going to say, okay, well, no problem. We'll issue a refund for your annual for the remainder of your annual annual pass. I mean, that's what the the result is going to be. And I think for someone like me who I've loved having the annual pass, but my wife and I are going to take at least a year off and and do something different. I don't want my money back. I I actually just want to extend it into uh, you know, I think a fair a fair solution in my book would they say from the first time you scan in is when your new when your new date starts. So. You know, ours was going to, uh, I think we have, we have uh, March, April, May, June, July, about five months left on ours. And so say we don't go again until September, it should be five months from that day that you keep your annual pass, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, and I, and I have gotten an email from Disney because I do have a ticket that uh, that is for a couple of days in September right now. So I have gotten an email from Disney letting me know about this reservation system, but really no other information has come out about it yet. So then finally, right now, hotel reservations are completely paused other than to DVC members. Disney has to reschedule and and take care of all the guests that have existing reservations before they can make any new reservations. And and if, you know, only half the hotels are going to open, 
I don't know what capacity Disney hotels typically operate at, but I would assume it's a pretty high number. So if you're taking half the hotel rooms out for the NBA, that, that doesn't leave a whole lot to accommodate all the guests that have hotel reservations previously booked. So we'll see how they deal with that. I mean, and then how do you track? I mean, you, you got to track your Disney Springs area hotels too that are Hilton and Marriott owned. And-, and and that's, you know, again, that gets back to the reservation to get into the parks. Just booking that Disney Springs area hotel does really does nothing for you anymore because, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, are there any benefits still? And we, and we don't know the answer to that right now. So let's, let's go to some of the modifications that the parks are going to, are going to open under. So like I said, first thing to get into the parks, you have to have both a park reservation for that day, for that park and a valid admission. Now, what this tells me is that park hopping is eliminated until further notice. Matt, Matt, I haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, making sure you're still with us here. Yeah, I'm still here. Um, uh- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having a heated debate right now in my fantasy football league about what we're going to do with different rules going forward. So I was listening to you guys. I felt like you guys were way more educated than I was on the topic, and I was actually learning. So thanks, guys, for everything you do. <laughs> so, no, Pete, on the part, I, I do think, I mean, how, and, and I've heard a lot of Disney people talk about this. Our Disney Twitter, you know, we see you guys and, and your, your tweets and opinions. Okay, so there's no way you can park hop because there, you, you can't allow one person to have four reservations in all four parks because they might want to go there that day. You know, you're taking away opportunity for people to go to Disney World. But, you know, and maybe we ask this to ourselves at the end. I don't want to go to a Disney World where if if I have an annual pass and I, I've been started to enjoy park hopping. So that's that's a modification to me uh, that I don't – that's just – because of the way they're going to do it, I understand that there can't be park hopping. This is my opinion. Now, that's not been announced by Disney. But it is really frustrating that that's what it's going to come to. Well, it's frustrating for me, too, that you know I don't have an annual pass, but I bought a park hopper that I'm not going to be able to use. So is, is that going to get refunded? How, how is that going to happen? Because you know I, I have a 10-day ticket with park hopper. And park hopper is, what, $180 extra or $200, something like that extra the cost of that ticket that, that now is a service that I can't use. So how is that going to be handled? They'd have and, and to we'll refund that. They would have to refund that. Yeah. I mean, you would think so. So next modification, and, and I think this is going to rub people the wrong way. I, I know that, uh, well, face coverings are required for all guests ages two and up and all cast members. So what what's frustrating about this is I have a three-year-old daughter. There's no way that I would be able to force her to wear a mask that she would keep a mask on all day. I don't know how you do that for a two-year-old. The the first thing I said, exactly that, Pete. When I saw this, I said, I don't have kids, but I'm an adult. And I can't even keep one on in my house if I were to like try and practice putting one on and see how it feels. I hate, I hate it. I don't know how you do it for a child because at two and three, I mean, unfortunately, they're just not capable of understanding why. You know, you can say, hey, it's because it's because, you know, mom or dad told you to and, and this is really important, you know, but they're not old enough to it's totally new to them. And, yeah, I think if you have a trip planned and you don't want to postpone it, you need to practice this with your children well in advance of going to the parks. Yeah, I agree. And we've we've talked about this on previous episodes, but how is this enforced? I, I think you certainly can require, hey, you have to have a mask on coming into the parks. You know, you make that part of your part of your screening process to get in. But I mean, are, are, 
are we really going to have cast members walking around making sure people are wearing masks and staying six feet apart? How many people are required to keep the crowds at, at Disney World six feet apart and wearing masks? I mean, you're talking hundreds of people. It's a very internet interesting thing to think about because I've never been to Walt Disney World and it wasn't just you know packed. I mean, really. I mean, maybe when maybe when I was younger, I didn't realize how packed it was. But the older I get, when I go, I realize how packed it is. And Disney's made so many measures to try and you know keep the park less packed by keeping like crappy rides open. Well, now if you think about it, like no one's going to ride those crappy rides. They're going to have a congestion around the great rides. And like Pete said, maybe there's just more workers around Space Mountain than there are Aladdin's flying carpets, whatever. You know, like, I just don't know how they're going to have those. They're going to keep these bottlenecks, you know, down. It's, it's, It's a logistical nightmare. Anyway, on to the next modification. So right now, getting into Disney Springs, obviously everybody's required to have a temperature screening. Disney has said that this may be required at the parks. They have not said that it will be. They have said it is, that it may be. But same policy will apply as applies at Disney Springs. They're going to take your temperature when you walk up. If you are over 100.4 degrees, they're going to give you some time in a cool down tent. And then they're going to rescreen you. If you are over 100.4, and I have 100.4, I think it's 100.3 actually. But if you're over that number a second time, You and your entire party will not be allowed to enter. So it's not just you, it's your entire party. So what I see happening here is I see a lot of people popping Tylenol before they go to the parks in the morning, just in case. I would lose it on, think of a men do Disney trip, because we don't hold back. You know, we're we're pretty brutal in each other. If somebody had a 100.4 fever and they caused the whole party not to be able to go in, I'm throwing hands. I'm livid. I'm socially distancing myself and and going to another park and telling Disney, <laughs> I, I don't know that guy. I mean, well, no, you're not because you don't have a reservation for that park. So <laughs> you're kind of stuck. I'm going to SeaWorld or Universal. Like I'm doing something that day <laughs> because I mean, you can I can you can run hot. You know, 100.4 would be you know pretty running hot, pretty pretty hot, right? A lot of people run 99. I mean, that's a that's a legitimate that's fever. a legitimate fever, and I'm I'm kidding with. You know, I'm going to go into another park because obviously I don't want to. I don't want to be, uh, you know, put other people at risk. But I mean, that would be really frustrating if you have a family trip and and some something just happens. I mean, because historically, I've heard many stories where someone caught the flu bug, caught a stomach bug, and they just stayed in the room, and the rest of the family went in. But you wouldn't know that if you were asymptomatic and you had a slight fever. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah, absolutely. That's that's tough. All right, so here's a big one. All fast passes and dining reservations have been canceled through September 26, 2021. No, that is not a mistake. 2021. So a year and three months from now, no dining reservations, no fast pass reservations. So I don't know what this really means. To me, this says that Disney's going to can fast pass, at least for the time being. And and I think with the reduced capacity in the parks that FastPass probably isn't going to be necessary. It's frustrating to somebody like me who who loves to game that system and and get as many FastPasses as possible, but uh, it is what it is. So I don't think FastPass is going to be available at least through the end of the year. Dining reservations, Disney has come out and said, will be able to be made 60 days in advance, which is a long, you know, which is a far cry from the 180 days that uh, that you normally get. Yeah, I think 
the the fast pass situation we've talked about this is disney going to move to a you know a a paid fast pass system one day they're going to move to a boarding pass system one day a virtual a virtual a queue virtual system. queue yeah, exactly. i mean this is their chance if they want to do it because they have reason to do it i mean no one's going to freak out about it the dining i mean canceling it through canceling the fast pass through september 26th of 2021 is terrifying to me Allowing dining reservations six days out isn't that big of a deal. That doesn't change a lot for me because I, I really don't know what I want to eat 180 days out or 60 days out. So it it does at least get you a little closer to your trip. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's tough to make dining reservations that far out. And, and I don't know that 180 days was ever a good idea. So I, I like the sixty days in advance window as opposed to the hundred and eighty. Now do you I don't have a problem with that. Do you think like so like we've seen uh, like fast passes, locals can get fast passes pretty regularly in a in a pretty short notice. I don't know that this helps I mean I, dining reservations is one thing locals will complain about because everyone's booking them 180 days out. Does this help that? I mean w- if you were an Orlando resident, would you say I don't know if it changes at all because people are still going to book them. Yeah, people are still going to book them. I don't I don't think it changes the availability for uh, for locals. So, and then finally on this, all dining plans have also been canceled through September 26, 2021. That means you cannot buy a dining plan. And uh, any guests who do have a dining plan booked will receive the ability to book, rebook their vacation with the 35% room discount. So no dining plans. And, and I think that this is a result of not knowing what restaurants are going to be open and, and in what capacity? You know, if if I'm somebody who gets a dining plan and my plan was to eat at character dining and there's no character dining, you know, you can't really sell somebody a dining plan with, with that. So I, I understand this, but who knows if the dining plan comes back? I mean, it, or, or if the dining plan does come back, I think it's certainly going to be a lot more expensive. I'm having to bite my tongue so badly right now listening to you guys talk about things that now's your chance to just change the rules and no one's going to get mad and then it'll be more expensive when it comes back. I really have to bite my tongue right now. Well, I mean, I don't think Disney's ever been shy about increasing prices or changing systems. I mean, typically there's more communication than this, but it's a good time when the, I mean, the parks are closed. All right. So other modifications in the park, distancing. There's going to be additional signage and ground markings in common areas, uh, physical barriers, so plexiglass like you've seen at the grocery stores, all, all that type of stuff. Uh, guest relations, there'll be, you know, same thing. There, there'll be plexiglass up between cast members and, uh, and guests, which I'm not sure how that's going to work since, I mean, I've gone to guest relations and they've grabbed my phone and done something on my, my Disney experience app or, handed me a map. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Uh, Disney will be recommending cashless transactions. So credit cards, you know, Apple pay, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, scanning with your magic band and, and charging it to your room. Use of mobile ordering will be recommended. And then I talked about the digital menus at the table service restaurants. And then I believe when the resorts all open, that online check-in will be required. I don't think they're going to allow people to check in uh, just just at the front desk. You know, going through that list of items, I, I think, you know, we all probably, if you've had to go shopping, you've uh, seen a lot of, you know, local stores with cashless transactions. You've seen physical barriers. We all have had to do mobile ordering, um, you know, obviously at your, in your home. 
I think the biggest change to me is the digital menus. I'm, I already was an online check-in person for Disney hotels. I've always done that uh, because, you know, there, it, again, it's like I always do mobile ordering because there's still a line to check in. There's, there's still a line to order at a restaurant. So um, then the signage and the ground markings and common areas. The only suggestion I have to Disney is on the signage. Make it really easy. Like the, at Disney Springs, there seems to be some signs that are like stand here and some say don't stand here. I think the sign, you know what I'm talking about, Pete? So I wish, I, I don't know what their stickers will look like. I mean, you could go to any, uh, any you know, store, Lowe's, Home Depot. They, they have it figured out pretty well. So next two points on here, both kind of go together. And I've already talked about the first one. Restaurants, attractions, experiences, and other offerings will have limited availability to promote physical distancing. So does that mean a 50% capacity at restaurants? Does that mean a 20% capacity at restaurants? Uh, Frankly, only Disney knows right now. And then shows, parades, and fireworks will be initially closed along with other high-touch experiences such as makeovers, playgrounds, and character meet and greets. That's, That's scary. Now, there will still be characters in the parks in some capacity, but no shows, no fireworks, no parades. So we're talking like Beauty and the Beast live on stage shows, Indiana Jones. That's what we're talking? Yep. Any, anything where you have a, a large number of guests seated or, or congregating in, in large groups is, is not going to be offered initially. I'm just I'm thinking of Disney right now because you're like, okay, well, there will be characters in some capacity. I'm like, oh, they could have them in the parades. Nope, not going to have them in a parade, right? My thought on this is that it's it's going to be similar to a Disneyland and that they have characters throughout the parks. However, unlike Disneyland, they are going to have handlers all up in your grill, keeping people from getting close. Because you, you I mean, you can't you can't have characters walking through the parks and have people congregating around them because that defeats the whole purpose. Or or is it like in like we've seen at Disney Springs with you have the uh, the first order troopers standing on the balcony. I mean, that counts as characters in the parks. I, I do think you see more uh, if you think Galaxy's Edge. You know the I don't know though because when Kylo Ren comes out, it still creates a crowd. So maybe something like. Chewy fixing the Millennium Falcon, that that type of stuff. I mean, people still watch that though. People do watch it, and that that's a problem because they don't want people to they don't want people to stop and watch it. They don't want anything to form a crowd. I wish I could just unload on my like I'm so pissed about a lot of this. To be quite frank, I mean, this really, really, really changes Disney World. Like I, I'm so fortunate to have been before because if this is the new norm for a while. This is so much different than what Disney World has been, and and we've all grown to love. It's, I mean, it's gutted, right? It already was being gutted, and if you talk about some of the shows being removed, you talk about some of the extras, the price increases. But this is, I mean, this is wild. I, I don't wait in line for character meet and greets, but I it it just it gives a Disney feel, right? I mean, you see, you're like, oh look, there's you know walking around the World Showcase, there's you know Snow White, there's walking around in Main Street. You see the characters under the flagpole. I, it's just, it's weird. Pretty. F- Pretty frustrating. It's pretty frustrating. It is. Uh, Let's continue with the frustration. Yeah, this one is one, and park hours being reduced. Yep, park hours are reduced. So initially, again, that initially, no telling how long that's going to last. The hours that are in the app right now, Magic Kingdom 9 to 7, Animal Kingdom 8 to 6, Epcot 11 to 9, Hollywood Studios 10 to 8. So, I mean, you're talking four hours 
removed from every park roughly? Yeah, and I'm actually not surprised by this. I'm frustrated because obviously I'm I you know, one of the downsides of going to Disney in December is your limited park hours. You know, it's not like the summer months. And Disney's going to say we need we need extra time to continue to to keep our cast members safe and our guests safe. Cleaning measures are going to be put in place. I understand why they're doing it. But again, it's your okay, did uh if we're getting a, a 20% re- reduction in hours, did I get a 20% reduction in ticket price? No. No, no. And in fact, the price will probably increase. You know, I, I'm looking at, can you imagine waiting until 10 or 11 to go into a park because it's not open? And not being able to start at another park first because you can't park hop. So guys, one of the things I'll say really quickly, you know, as we're kind of having doom and gloom right now about Disney reopening and what it's going to look like, I have been thoroughly impressed with almost everything that has reopened since Corona COVID-19 happened and the way that they've done it in a first class manner. And I just think that we're really, really strapped on what we can imagine versus what Disney can imagine and how they're going to reopen the park. Like I would actually say that going to the park now after all of this is a great opportunity to have a unique experience that you've never had before. Now, I understand what you're saying about the characters, but I think that Disney is, has thought this through and it's not going to be miserable in the parks. I'm not saying it's going to be miserable, but I mean, it's it's not going to be worth paying $120 to get in, certainly, for, for four less hours and no characters and no fireworks. Well, and you know, another thing right now on, this, on the schedule, this is as of May 31st because things can change quickly. Not so scary tickets are still showing as valid, will not be canceled. If the parks are going to be severely reduced on capacity, let's say 20%, because that's the number that people keep throwing out. There's no reason to buy a ticket to Not So Scary because it's probably going to be about the same level of attendance. And and you probably won't get a parade. You probably won't get any shows. I mean, can they do trick-or-treating? I don't know Honestly. how I don't know how you <laughs> so do what, trick-or-treating. What are you gonna what are you gonna get? Yeah. A couple extra hours in the park. Well, not, I mean, yeah, yeah, you'd get, yeah, because on a normal night, it's closing at seven regardless, doesn't matter, yeah, that's it. So, and and yeah, extra magic hours are still also showing in the app, but the hotels aren't open, so I guess Disney Springs folks get, uh, get extra magic hours. I'm sure that this will be revised before, before opening. And that's what I was talking about with the Disney Springs area hotels. There's not really a benefit to booking at a Disney Springs area hotel anymore because, you don't get fast passes because there are no fast passes and you're not going to get extra magic hours likely. So stay where you want, I guess, right? Yeah, by all means. All right, transportation. This is a big one. The The thought has been that everybody's going to have to drive to the parks. Uh, Disney has said that monorail and ferry boat will initially be available. They have not said... Uh, They've not said if the buses or the Skyliner is uh, is going to reopen with the parks yet. So I, I think the likelihood is that Disney is going to encourage everyone to drive into the parks. How are you going to do that? I mean, so everyone has to rent a car. If if you're only if you're only if you only at twenty percent capacity, I mean, there's room in the parking lot. No, what so, I'm saying yeah. is people are flying down, so they have to rent a car now. I, I'm just telling you what has been announced. I guess if you're if you're staying on the monorail loop, you're okay. Think if you can get to the- <laughs> think about how packed Disney buses are at night. I mean, you can feel people breathing on you. I mean, we <laughs> well, and that's at least those days are behind us. Can you really reopen 
the buses in that capacity. No, absolutely not. Uh, can you imagine the first time someone coughs on a Disney bus? <laughs> that guy's just going to be stared at. I'm going to scream Rona. I mean, I won't be able to help myself. So there's where we are in the transportation. The last point, uh, tickets. So annual passes, Disney has already announced, are going to be extended however many days the parks are closed. So it looks like, uh, you know, on, on July uh, July 17th, that annual pass uh, will, will start ticking again. Uh, and then any unused tickets will automatically be extended for use through 12-15. So I think this is a really big key date right here. And this tells me that ticket prices are going up on, on December 15th. You know, it's like we've talked about, you can catch Disney in these things. It's when they, when I bought my annual pass, Pete, remember I actually was in a state, we were, we were with you for the weekend. Uh, we, we were, uh, and we bought them after a few beverages for the liquid courage probably. But I, there was something with, with date extensions on tickets and you were, it's that time of the year. So yeah, probably going to see an increase 1215 and, I don't know that we're going to see a normal Disney World prior to 12. I would be very surprised if Disney World returned to normal prior to 12:15. So to to see a lot of the you know things come back to normal, it's going to be an increased ticket price because that's the reason they can justify it. Hey, we've we've we brought things back now. You know, it is it is a more worthwhile experience. Well, and we have all these enhanced cleaning procedures. We have additional cast members that we've hired. There's added expense, so the price of tickets is going up. Now, any tickets that you do not use prior to 1215, the value of those can be applied towards the purchase of a future ticket. But if you have a 10-day uh, 10-day ticket you're sitting on, probably not going to be able to buy another 10-day ticket for the same price. It would be my guess. So I think that's I think that's very revealing, that, that 1215 date. Well, your reason for your 10-day ticket was because you're going to apply it toward annual pass, right? That was that was my initial thought, yes. And I I probably will still do that, but but who knows? I mean, we'll we'll see what uh, you know. Right now, it's it's June, right? So I'm not planning on going until September. A lot can change in three months. You know, I, I think um, one point I did want to bring up too, and I, we didn't really talk about it. We've talked about it on other episodes, but I mean, we talk about no park hopping. Pete, are, are we going to be able to stay? Or Matt, you two weigh in. Are we going to be able to stay at a Pop Century and go spend the night? The evening exploring the boardwalk. Are we going to be able to stay at a Disney Springs hotel and take a, an Uber if you're comfortable getting in an Uber and go to Trader Sam's? One thing I can say is Ubers in in general have been very very proactive on you know sending their message that they're very clean, that they're getting cleaned out with you know with the wipes after every person rides in the car. Like I think Uber is a company that's going to be you know right up there ready to go when Disney reopens because Disney is a huge boon. For, for Uber and especially in the Orlando area and anywhere it's metropolitan area, so I think you're still gonna be able to get into Uber. But like what Tom said, I don't know if you're gonna have the opportunity to do all the things you'd like to do. Because can you imagine going to like with Jelly Rolls and having eight people in there as it's a dueling piano going on? I, I think of how small Trader Sam's is, and you know obviously they, they clean tables in between parties anyway but i've sat down before when they were still you know we've been kind of standing in there and someone gets up you sit down their plate and drinks still there you're not going to allow that anymore well i mean well, i mean restaurants in general like what 25% capacity 30% capacity so i mean you think about who who knows yeah i mean you think about disney world and the fun things that you normally do 
I mean, if, I, I think about um, uh, the names escaping me right now, but where we went and played bowling, um, Pete. And no, I didn't do that with you. I did it with a buddy. But it's in Disney Springs. Splitsville. Yeah, Splitsville. I mean, they only have like how many bowling lanes? And hopefully it's not different forever. Hopefully it's only different for now. Time will tell. Time will tell. All right. Anything else to say uh, about that? With that being said, going to dive into the secret of the trivia question of the week. Secret of the night. As you enter Hollywood Studios, look to your right and you'll notice a set of gas pumps. They are marked with a series of numbers and those numbers actually coincide with the opening date of Disney's MGM Studios. So that's uh, a nice little secret you can find as you enter the park. I have never looked at the numbers, but I will on my next visit. Going to the trivia question of last week, it was uh, if you're fortunate enough to get a booking at Ogus Cantina, you might find um, a few unique Easter eggs inside. The most obvious is the fact that Rex, spelled R3X, is now the house DJ. However, uh, I asked where could Rex be found prior to his DJing days. Uh, He was actually the pilot from the original Star Tours. Uh, A lot of you got that one right. And uh, that's kind of a a nice nod to Star Tours. Going to the trivia question for this week. I think I think we had a bon I think we had a bonus question too, right? What's that? Yep. What uh, What was DJ Rex before he was DJ Rex before he was R three X? We did add that, Pete. What's the answer? Who was he? It was he was he was RX twenty four. Well, there you go. A little bonus uh, bonus action from Pete there. Going to the trivia question of this week, as you entered the original Star Tour, so it's been changed since, you would notice the mechanical birds past the second G2 droid. These birds may look familiar, as you've also seen them on what other Walt Disney World attractions. So I'll read it again. Think back to the original Star Tour, so maybe some of our, our, our older folks who have been to Disney World uh, in years past. You'll notice mechanical birds past the second G2 droid. They birds would have looked familiar to you, as you would have seen them on what other Walt Disney World attraction. You can tweet us at Mendu WW Podcast or email us at Mendu WW at gmail.com. All right, that's all for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Mendu WW Podcast. Also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Mendu WDW. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time. We'll see you next week.